Welcome to Totally His Running the Race, a show enabling young men and women who want to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Tim Harris, podcasting from EI School of Biblical Training in Greenville, South Carolina. Thanks for joining me. This episode begins a 12-week series titled Running the Race. You might be wondering, why are we calling it Running the Race? Is this a show for athletes? Well, the answer is no. The theme of this series is actually taken from Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Let me go ahead and read that for you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. If you are believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then each one of you has a race to run. But have you ever wondered how to do that? Have you wondered what's involved in living the Christian life? Perhaps you've thought, how can I live a life that glorifies God to the maximum? Maybe you don't feel like your relationship with the Lord is as fulfilling as it should be, or he's not as real to you or as close to you as you'd like for him to be. And you just, you just don't know how to develop or cultivate that relationship with the Lord. Well, if you've had these thoughts, then this series is for you. We want you to run well. We want to help you cultivate a relationship with Jesus Christ. We want you to live a life that will bring glory to him. So over these 12 episodes, we're going to talk about, well, who the Lord is and and what are some basics of what it means to follow Jesus and and how you can cultivate that relationship with him. And, And we'll talk about some other things as well. Today's episode is episode one titled Uncreated. We're going to be listening to Colin Brazier. Let me share a little bit of background about Colin. He is the general director of EI School of Biblical Training, originally from South Africa. And he's had all kinds of life experiences. He's worked as a civil engineer. He has been a full-time missionary with Operation Mobilization, uh, traveling to all different countries. He then came to EI School of Biblical Training, graduated, and then was soon after that asked to come back on staff. And so he came and joined the staff in 2002. He and his wife, Becca, have four kids. In this episode, Colin is going to be sharing about who God is, the fact that he is uncreated. Now, when I say the name God, what thoughts come to mind? Before we talk about what's involved in the Christian life, we should make sure that our thoughts about God are accurate. Accurate to what he has revealed about himself in his word. So let's listen to what Colin has to share with us. Excited to do this short series on running the race and looking unto Jesus Christ. And we hope that this 12-part series will encourage you and challenge you to walk with the Lord. Today, we're going to think about the first part, and it's entitled Uncreated. And these 12 episodes, beginning with this first one, form an arc. In other words, 
there's a starting point and there's a finishing point. Where we start is we start with who the Lord is and the greatness of Him, and we end with the intimacy of God in part 12, thinking about the fact that we can know this great God and we can walk with Him, we can run the race with Him. And this helps to give us a balanced view on who the Lord truly is. I think in our culture today, we can have a a reverence for God that isn't quite biblical and isn't quite what it ought to be, for God is always greater than we think that He is. So... This morning, we're going to start with the Lord, and we'll end with the Lord, as we've said before. And this is always a good practice. This is always a good way to live. As mentioned, our first episode today is entitled Uncreated, and we're going to look at the greatness, and we're going to look at the majesty of our God, and the incredible fact that He is, in His own person, uncreated, or another way to put it, is self-existent. God has always existed. In our last episode, we'll talk about, that will be sometime in the middle of August, we'll talk about the intimacy and the friendship of our God, and the fact that He will never leave us and He'll never forsake us. That it will always be by our side, all the way. And so we'll see these two come together with the majesty and yet with great intimacy of our wonderful God. Now, there's many resources that I can give you to look at as we work through this first um, episode regarding the fact that God is uncreated or that God is self-existent. One of the best, uh, obviously besides the Bible, is a small book called The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. And I would really encourage you to get that book. It's not super long and it's not super hard to read. It's made up of a series of messages by Tozer that he gave in about 1959, 1960 to college students. There's about 23 chapters, but they're only about four or five pages each at the most. And he goes through the wonderful attributes of God. This particular book, The Knowledge of the Holy, you can buy it for you know under $10, but it is full of wonderful truth, and it is very much rooted in the Word of God. And uh, again, I want to encourage you in that as you listen to these podcasts to always have your Bible handy because we'll go through a number of scriptures. Because what we want to say to you must come out of the Word of God, because the Word of God, the Bible, is living and effective, and God uses His Word in our lives to make us more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the big statements that Tozer has early on in the book comes across this way. He asks the question, or he makes the statement, what comes to mind when you and I think about God is really the most important thing about you? In other words, what he's saying is, if you had to think about who God is, what would that look like? What comes to mind? Because what comes to mind when you think about God will affect how you live, how you act, how you speak, how you behave, we live in light of who we think God is. And Tozer makes this statement that it is vital, it is very important 
to consider that you have a biblical understanding of who the Lord is. In other words, if you have a low or a small view of God, you'll live in light of that view of God. It won't matter how you live. But if you have a high view of God, if you if you realize that he is uncreated, that he is unchanging, that he is self-existent, that he is holy, that he is high and lifted up, we'll live in light of that. And that's very important that we have a good, clear understanding, a biblical understanding. Who does God say he is according to his word? Not according to our experience or according to what someone else has told us or what we've read in some book. But what does God say of himself in the word of God? And the opposite is true as well, as we would say that if you realize that God is is high and lifted up, it will affect the way you live, the way you speak, the way you act, the way you respond, and so on and so on. To realize that God is a good God, a merciful God, a holy God, that He is loving, that He is a God of grace, then that will affect the way that we live. The first scripture I want to look at is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15. So if you are able to grab hold of your Bible and and turn to it, or at least jot it down and look at it later, um, it's a very helpful verse to see the change in the life of Paul the Apostle. He says this to us, And he died for all, speaking of Jesus Christ, that those who live, that's us, might no longer live for themselves. But for him who for their sake died and was raised. In other words, once we realize that Christ died for us, we should no longer live for ourselves. But again, if we have a low view of God, then we will live uh, with a with a not much of a desire to want to glorify God. Yet if we have a high view of God, and we realize that he laid down his life for us, it will just transform everything, and we will certainly be more totally his than ever before. So let's come to the truth that we want to think about today, and that is the fact that God is uncreated. Now, let me just say on the side that we're not trying to prove this fact. I'm not trying to do this short um, message to prove to you that God is uncreated. We take that position, but we want to think about it and we want to consider and to use another biblical word, we want to meditate on the fact that God is uncreated, that he is self-existent. And this is a really overwhelming truth because it it puts God in a whole different category. Let me give you an illustration I wish I could draw this out for you because it's it's better if you can see it visually, but I'll, I'll describe it to you. On one side, you have the Greek worldview, and uh, generally that's what we have. We have a worldview through the way the Greeks understand the world. And on the one side, you have all those things that are seen, <clears throat> and then on the other side, you have all those things that are unseen. For example, the things that are seen are man and animals and trees, and and we understand that. But on the other side, the Greek worldview holds the position there is a lot of things that are true and real that are unseen. 
um, that we can't actually see them, but we know they exist. For example, and we put in that category God, angels, the devil, all these kind of spiritual things we put in that category because we can't see them, but we know they exist. And what that does, that Greek worldview, which you generally hold and I hold naturally, is that there is that which we can see and that which we cannot see. There's two groups with our worldview. However, that's not a biblical worldview, and that is certainly not the Hebrew worldview. And to understand the Word of God, particularly um, as you work through the Old Testament, it's important to have a Hebrew worldview. And that would look this way. On the one side, there's that which is created. For example, man, animals, trees, angels, the devil, and so on. And then on the other side, the other category is that which is uncreated. And there's only one that fits into that category, and that is God himself. And that changes things because it shows us that God being uncreated is completely different and completely other than anything else we know, consider, can comprehend, can see, cannot see, and so on. So on the one side, we have all that is uncreated, and there is but one, that is God. And then we have all that is created, seen or unseen. If you have that perspective, it helps to begin to identify the greatness of our God and that he is completely uncreated, uh, self-caused. He is a God who has, as it were, no origin. There is no origin with God. So once again, to come back to our point here, to say that God is uncreated is to say that he is self-existent, that he exists in and of himself. That he is the one who has no beginning and he has no end. And, and saying these statements hopefully begins to elevate your realization of who this wonderful God is. He exists in and of himself. He has life in himself. He is the uncaused cause. No, it is not, we're not talking about the fact that God self-created himself, but that he was uncreated, existing without ever having been created. Just that statement. Think about that. I'm saying a lot of things here. But he exists without ever having been created. There's no beginning and there's no end of God. He's not getting older. He's not developing. He is who he is, always and forever. He has no origin. There is no cause He has no cause. He is not derived from anything or anyone. He is uncreated, existing in and of himself, external from anything else, conditioned by nothing, not dependent on anything. He has life in himself, perfectly, always, eternally, the uncreated one. Now, to think on that raises our thoughts to a higher level. I'm sure it does, to ponder the greatness and the majesty and the excellency of our God. So hopefully just pondering that thought that God is completely self-existent. 
Now, Tozer would also say in his book, The Knowledge on, of the Holy, that origin, where does God come from? Origin is a word that can only be applied to things that are created. God has no origin. He has no beginning. He has no end. Aseri is the word that perhaps the theologians would use to describe the fact that God is self-existent. He exists in and of himself. And and this is, again, a, a truth that is uh, found throughout the Word of God. Perhaps the, the one place that is most helpful is to go to Exodus chapter 3 and the encounter that Moses had with God um, early on up on the mountain um, while he was tending sheep. So if again, if you have your Bible page back to chapter 3 of Exodus, and you'll remember, you'll recall to mind the, the event of the burning bush. And uh, Moses, at this point, is living out in the, um, in, in the fields and so on. He's tending sheep. He's, he's very familiar, and it seems to have gone on for some 40 years. He's very familiar with the terrain and this and that. And he sees um, a bush that is on fire. Now, it's probably seen stuff like this before, but this particular bush was different because it was on fire, but it wasn't being consumed. And so Moses, it says in chapter 3 of Exodus, verse 3, he says this, uh, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why this bush is not burned. In verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had turned aside he s- to see God caught him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. So God got Moses' attention. And then we know pretty well what happens after that, I'm sure. The Lord says to Moses, don't come any nearer. Take off your sandals for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. It's holy because God is there. Um, God's presence is there, and he tells Moses to take off his sandals. And then the encounter goes on, and uh, Moses is told by God that he needs to go back to Egypt, and he needs to uh, confront Pharaoh and um, bring his people, God's people, out of the land. But one of the first questions Moses asks God is, well, what is your name? Who shall I say has sent me? And in an astonishing way, God gives perhaps the most uh, mysterious, deep, yet descriptive wording of his actual character, his person. And so we want to jump down a little bit to verse 14. And you'll note again in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. After Mo- after Moses had asked God in verse 13, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. Now, this is a deep and a mysterious statement of God's own nature. My nature cannot be declared, it seems God is saying, in words. It cannot be conceived by any human thought. God's nature is implied by his own existence. Think about that. 
God's nature is implied by his own existence. If God is to refer to himself by a name, it expresses his own nature. Then let it be called, I am who I am. An astonishing encounter where God reveals the depth of his own nature that he has existed he exists now and he always exists. And if you like, go to another familiar verse in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning. God is before in the beginning. God is outside of creation. He exists outside of time. He exists outside of space. Um, he existed before anything ever was made. And we know in Genesis chapter 1, that God made all things out of nothing. And that's an astonishing fact in and of itself. Now, the Word of God has much to tell us in various places about His existence before creation. And I'm just, we don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to just read a few verses to whet your appetite, I guess, uh, for you to look up and to ponder this wonderful fact that God existed and has always existed because he is uncreated long before, if you want to use the term long, when there is no time, God dwells, it says, in eternity. He dwells in unapproachable light. This is how great our God is. This is the one you and I can know in an intimate way. And this is astonishing to me uh, to consider that regarding the word of God. So briefly, let's turn to Psalm 90. And again, we, we stay with Moses. And this is a psalm that Moses wrote. It's recorded for us in Psalm 90. It simply says this, verse 1, The Lord, Lord you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Verse 2, Before the mountains were brought forth, in other words, before creation, Wherever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So before anything existed, before anything was made, God existed in and of himself. Isn't that amazing to think about? That God is uncreated. Jump forward again to the New Testament. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Maybe you can, again, I just really encourage you to... Spend some time in the Word of God. Just jot some of these go down and think about them. Read them and ask the Lord to speak to you through His Word. In Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 4. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, before creation, it tells us that God chose us in Him. Again, an astonishing truth which again declares to us that God is uncreated. Go a little further in your New Testament to the book of um, Titus chapter 1 and look at verse 2. Okay, Titus is just before Hebrews. There's Titus, Philemon, and then comes Hebrews. But in Titus chapter 1 verse 2 it says, In hope of eternal life which God who never lies, promised before the ages began. God made promises before he even created anything. Um, and that's astonishing for us to ponder. And then page back just to the next book, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, it tells us this regarding um, before creation, who saved us, chapter 
1 verse 9, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and his own grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, before creation came about. God um, gave, he promised and he gave. And, and it's astonishing to think about uh, these wonderful truths. Now, We'll go to one more place. There's other places we can go, but page back to John and go to chapter 17. This is a prayer that John that is recorded by John regarding the Lord. It's known as the high priestly prayer. But in John chapter 17, and again, we're just jumping in because we don't have a lot of time here. Verse 5, Jesus prays this, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence. With the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Isn't that amazing? Glorify me in your presence that I would be back. Remember, the Lord is on the earth at this point. And, he, and he's praying to the Father. Verse 5 of chapter 17. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you. Again, it speaks of fellowship between the Father and the Son. Before the world existed. The uncreated God. And then a little further in John 17 verse 24, we have another reference to before the world existed. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me. So he's speaking of of his disciples and those that came to know the Lord, that they be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. And there again speaks of the fellowship of the Godhead, the, the, the fellowship between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit before the foundation of the world. And there's a number of other verses we can look at. We don't have time to think on all of those. But again, what we're doing uh, briefly is to ponder and to think about the wonderful truth of the fact that God is uncreated, that he exists within himself, that he's always existed. What will our response be? Surely it must be one of worship and humility. We should be ones that are amazed by who God is, and we fall down and worship. We realize that he is completely different to us. He is completely other. Um, Stuart Briscoe would refer to it that way, that there is God uncreated and then there's everything else created. And you and I can know this God in a wonderful way. And that's astonishing to me. But it should bring about worship, that he is worthy of our worship, but also humility. It should humble us. We should we aren't as amazing and as great as we think. It should humble us. It should bring us to our knees that this uncreated one is making himself known to us. Now I want to close with an illustration that perhaps helps to see and to sum up the greatness of our God. Think of it this way. The human race comes to such a point that they send a representative before the almighty God saying they don't need him anymore. We have evolved so much and we are so powerful and we're so great. We don't need God anymore. And so a representative is sent to God and he comes and he tells God this. 
he and he uh, speaks boldly and with pride regarding the human race. We can do this and we can do that and we can we can uh, f- make this and we can create this and we don't need you anymore. In fact, we we can do what you can do. And so God challenges the human race and says, "Well, why don't you create something right now?" And let me see. And so the the man representing the human race says, sure, let me show you how great we are. And so God is in a sense, remember, this is just a picture. God is on one side and man is on the representative of the human races on the other side. And he says to God, he said, okay, give me um, some dirt and I will make something for you. And God looks at him and he says, no, you create your own dirt. This is mine. And suddenly, the human race, the representative, has nothing to say. Because he has to have something to make something. And the astonishing thing about the uncreated God is that he created out of nothing. You go back to Genesis chapter 1 and you'll see that God created out of nothing. That's the wonder of who God is. Man, yes, he can do great things, but he always needs something to make something. And suddenly, this representative had nothing to say. I need something to make something. And God said to him, no, you create your own dirt out of nothing, and then we'll talk. And so coming to God, coming to realize this great uncreated God, it should produce in us, firstly, humility and worship. So I trust that you will be encouraged to go back to the Word of God. If you don't, if you've never read the book, The Knowledge of the Holy, I encourage you to maybe read that through the summer. Spend some time in, in these verses that we've quoted to you today to think about the greatness of our God, that He is uncreated, self-existent. Next week, the second episode, we'll be speaking about creation, our purpose, our privilege, why we are here, what we were made for by the uncreated one. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Totally His Running the Race. I trust you are encouraged as you seek to grow in your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to listen to more messages that will be an encouragement in your walk with the Lord, go to the school's website, www.eibibleschool.org, and click on the Resources tab that's at the top of the page, and then you can select the audio library in the drop-down. Training students to develop a passionate relationship with Jesus Christ that expresses itself in a life devoted to the advancement of God's kingdom is why EI School of Biblical Training exists. We offer a two-year unaccredited associate's degree where students attend classes, hear the Word of God taught, study the Word, and are encouraged to develop their relationship with the Lord. Our classes are designed to be both intellectually challenging and heart-searching. Some stay on for a third year and work towards getting a bachelor's degree. If you'd like to find out more about the school, visit our website, www.eibibleschool.org. Again, that's www.eibibleschool.org.